Good morning, YouTube family. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town. This is our happy, crappy hour where we share our experiences and uh, hopefully help each other heal and also move on uh, with our lives to something way better than what we've had in the past with the narcissist. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to be damaged forever. Things do get better. So welcome. Welcome to happy and crappy happy crappy hour. <laughs> this today we're going to talk about dating advice and I've come across some really very incredibly bad dating advice. Um, some of it from narcissists and some of it from people who've been damaged by narcissists and some of it from BP, what is it, uh, borderline personality, BPDs and uh, histrionics. There is an endless supply of horrible dating advice out there and it just shocks me it really does so I want to go over some of those today I think there are only five that I wanted to cover and then I want to give you five really good dating advice okay so we're going to start off <laughs> well actually let me say hello to everybody good to see you hopping on John and Obi my regulars good to see you guys let me see what are you is there a question here? Okay, I thought someone had a question. All right, you guys. Um, the first one <laughs> that that I noticed is to get right back out there, right? Just get right back out there and keep dating no matter how tragic and badly damaged you were. Just get back out there. And that is about the worst advice. Well, no, I, I, it's hard to compare which one's the actually actually the worst, but that's really up there because before you even work on yourself, you're going to get out there damaged, raw, vulnerable, um, ready to explode or ready to implode. And people are telling you, get back out there as if getting out into the wild is going to help you. The problem with that is that you're going to bring all of your luggage with you. So if you should meet the right person, you're not going to even be able to identify that they're a good person. You're, you're going to be so clouded by your jadedness from your past past dating, right? That you're, you're not going to even be able to start this relationship right. You're going to come into it completely with no foundation. So getting right back out there, jumping back on the horse, they say, right? Just about the worst advice that you can get from anybody. After coming off of a really bad relationship or a bad breakup or something that damaged you uh, emotionally, you need to heal from that first. You need to reassess. You need to go back and look at, now that you have 20-20 hindsight, what went right and what went wrong in that relationship so that you don't repeat the same pattern in the next relationship. And you don't want to get right back out there just to use somebody. Now, narcissists would do that. They think that once you have a bad uh, experience or someone discards them, what do they do? Do they stop and you know introspect and work on themselves? No, they go right out and look for another victim because they feed off of other people and they, they cannot do the introspection that's required to improve themselves or get better or change things from becoming the disaster it was in the last relationship. So of course they're going to tell you to go right back out there, use somebody, 
And what does that do for you? It makes you more like a narcissist. It makes you like them. It makes you a user. So don't do that. People who are damaged cannot give something they don't have, right? They cannot give the stability, the emotional support that maybe the other person might need from time to time. They can't be a good partner. They're damaged. They got to work on themselves. So don't go right back out there again. What happens is a lot of people, though, will recommend this instead of telling their friends or in this case, maybe the, well, I guess narcissist has friends that they advise like this and their friends have no idea because they actually trust the narcissist. Instead of teaching a person to, to become a better person in order to pick better partners, they ignore the work they have to do. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, you guys. I got to get some water. <clears throat> it's been, it's been <clears throat> super dry where I am. So instead of working on themselves and, and becoming the kind of person they want, uh, they want their partner to be attracted to, right? Instead of becoming the kind of person that would attract the kind of partner they want, they just throw themselves out there and end up, you know how you throw out bad bait? <laughs> what, what do you catch with bad bait? You're, you're not going to catch the kind of fish that you want, right? You want to put out the correct kind of bait that will attract the kind of fish that you want. And you don't want the bait to fake, be fake though, right? I mean, there's fake bait out there. Okay, I'm not going to use the fishing analogy too much, but you guys get my drift. So they go right back out there because they're hoping, like the narcissist, to find someone to fix them, to take care of them, to compliment them, to provide all the you know ego-stroking attention that they think will heal them from from the the emotional and the the. I'm trying to figure out like how to say, you know, just the trauma that they experience. They want to feel like they're, you know, they get the affirmation again after they've been discarded. And they want to feel beautiful or handsome or desirable. And they think putting themselves right back out there is going to attract someone who finds them desirable. And here's the deal. You're not going to find someone who thinks you're desirable. You're going to find someone who's going to use you. Right? And then you're going to use them right back. And you end up again in another really tragic, horrible, emotionally, de, you know, uh, the, this, this, well, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Uh, completely depleted emotional relationship. So, you know, I was watching some uh, videos too where, you know, when you come out of a relationship, I know people feel like, there's an empty spot in their life and, and they want to fill it. They just want to fill it right away. And that's why this advice to jump right back out there, get right back out there sounds good because they think, oh, then, you know, the wider I cast the net, the bigger net that I have, the more possibility I'm going to catch what I want. And it's, it doesn't work that way, that analogy, right? It doesn't really work that way with real people and in real relationships. I've been watching some videos where these women are crying on TikTok, talking about how they just want to be married. I'm like, that's it? You just want the title of being married. You have no idea what that entails. So you're going out there 
trying to hook a guy to marry you and what is it that you want out of marriage uh and i can only speak for the women i've seen i really need to try to find video i don't know that guys put videos out there about this as much as these crazy histrionic uh people so I saw some videos where, where these women were saying things like, I just want a guy to brush the snow off of my car and to shovel the driveway when it snows or to take the trash out or to help me with the chores around the house and fix this and fix that. And I'm thinking, well, then what you're looking for is a hired handyman or a local kid to shovel your driveway. You're not looking for a husband. You're certainly not looking for a partner. Because what are, what are you providing? <laughs> you know, these people who think that their partner are just servants, there to serve them, uh, there to compliment them, there to uh, boost their ego. It's absolutely insanity to me. Another thing, another dating advice that I've seen, which is absolutely insane, is don't be real on your dates. I'm like, and you know, narcissists are like this. This is exactly what they do. They're not themselves when they go on dates because they want to appear exciting. They want to catch their supply. They want to catch, they're, they're putting out the good bait at this point, right? They're going to be something they're not. And they think that that will attract someone out of their league. So the only way to attract someone out of their league is to get, is to present themselves as something they're not. So I've heard, this is crazy too, I've heard people giving advice on TikToks and YouTube where they're saying, um, when you go out, don't, don't be yourself. Don't tell the person things about what you really want in a relationship. And they think that's because that will help prevent the narcissist from conforming to what they're looking for. But the thing is, if you're prepared to go out, if you're emotionally stable, if you know what you want, if you've, um, if you've learned how to, to make connections with people and have deep conversations, you're going to be able to spot the narcissist. You're going to be able to spot when someone is agreeing with absolutely everything you're saying. Someone said, you know, it's too good to be true, right? That's a narcissist. So you can be yourself, and when you watch a narcissist behave that way, you can see the red flags. But what these crazy people are telling you to do is don't be yourself because for fear that narcissists will use that to present themselves as the kind of person you want. That makes no sense to me. So if you're not going to be yourself, what are you going to be presenting yourself to, say, somebody who is looking for what you want? or is looking for the kind of person you are and they fit the the characteristics that you're looking for right they want the same things you want so if you want to uh, one day move to another state if you want to travel if you want to not travel and stay put you know and raise a family if you want to never have kids if you want to have kids you know if you want uh, your house to be um, a certain way, if you don't want to have a house, you want to live in a city, in an apartment, you know, why wouldn't you tell somebody these things that you want? Because if you don't tell them, you're, 
you're the one then that's deceiving. And narcissists love to teach people how to deceive other people. It's absolutely insane. Ah, sorry guys, I gotta... The wind is picking up. So hold on a second while I make sure things don't blow away. Ah, here we go. The third, <laughs> which is really funny to me. The third advice that is horrible, hor just downright horrible, that I've seen on the internet <laughs> is to be proud of what a beautiful mess you are. Hey, you guys, if someone tells you that they're a hot mess, believe them the first time. <laughs> if they tell you that they're a mess and they're proud of the mess that they've created in their life, run. Run as far as you can. So narcissists tend to think that uh, them themselves at their worst is totally acceptable. And everybody should love the beauty of the mess that they are. And there's some some, some song out there that, that um, encapsulates this, right? And has caused people to become more delusional. And I think it has something to do, I think it's called Beautiful Mess or something like that. I think it might even be a country song where the guy's talking about what a beautiful mess his girlfriend is. And and so women, like fairy tales, women just drink that up. And they think, yeah, that's, that's the kind of guy I need. I need a guy who thinks this is beautiful. When I lose my mind and argue until five in the morning and don't let this guy sleep and play mind games with him and uh, treat him like crap. And it goes the other way too, you guys, with men who think that, you know, who are so narcissistic that they don't see why they need to change and they're, that their woman needs to simply adjust to who they are and the way they behave and not be so sensitive, right? But they act as if they are so proud of the disaster that their life has become. Oh my gosh, I was watching something and the first thing I thought when I saw this person was, oh my gosh, horrible, right? It's just shocking how badly people, how bad people look nowadays. They think that globbing on all this makeup and um, getting the fake tan, puffing up their lips, uh, wearing ridiculous amounts of makeup. It's its like clown world out there, you guys. I, it, from TV to real life, everything I'm seeing is making women look like they're transvestites. It, it, I'm like, if you're a woman, look like a woman. Transvestites have to wear this much makeup to try to look like a woman, right? Um, at least in the past, I don't know now. <laughs> but these women have given up on natural beauty and they're working, and there's some people who are actually pretty good looking, I think, until they put on all that horrible makeup. And then you think, this person has got problems, has got emotional problems. But they think that this covers up their beautiful mess, and that they're beautiful because they, they can be so, so much of a disaster, and yet clean up by putting on certain clothing that shows off certain body parts, and that will distract you from the crazy mess that that's behind all of that. So, no, don't be proud of the beautiful mess or the hot mess that you are. By the way, are there guys who are even proud of this type of thing? 
I don't know. I guess they call it like, you know, they're proud that they're, um, oh yeah, I, actually there are. Okay. I'm thinking of some narcissists that I know where the guy is so proud that he will fight everybody at a drop of a hat. Like he thinks that's admirable. Like nobody can insult him and get away with it. Well, I understand not allowing people to insult you or, or being a doormat. But the problem is when you're insulted by everything, when you're so sensitive and you take things out of context or you take things not the way they were intended and you feign this, this offense, then you, you, you start up a fight and you, you start punching people. And you think, and there are guys that come out thinking, you know, they're so happy and they're so um, proud of themselves for getting into these fights. I'm thinking, you're an idiot. <laughs> you would match up well with the hot mess women. <laughs> I think that would go really well together. No, not really. It would be a complete uh, crap show for all of us to watch, of course. But this is the kind of horrible advice and character guidance, I guess, if you want to call it that, that narcissists would give people. I think it's absolutely horrid and insane. And it's funny to me that people will write in the comments, yeah, that's right. He, if he can't accept me at my worst, he doesn't accept me, you know, he can't have me at my best. And I'm like, accept you at your worst? No, no, no. He should be helping you not become your worst, right? He should be helping you never ever to go back to being your worst. Once he has seen how bad you can be, and same thing the other way, by the way. So once she has seen how volatile or hot-tempered or whatever her narcissistic boyfriend is, she should not just accept that as, oh, that's just brutus masculinity. Uh, that's just the, what do you call it, the alpha male thing coming out. No, no, no. Alpha males actually are very restrained. They know, they, they have a lot of self-control. That's a real alpha male, by the way. Uh, I'm not saying the ones that are cowards and, and back away from everything, but alpha males know when to fight. And they know when it's stupid <laughs> to fight and worthless and pointless. There are proverbs that talks about not arguing with fools. So an alpha male knows not to get into it with a fool, right? It's just stupidity. Anyway, the point is, if you're so proud of your worst characteristics, what the heck does that say about you? And then here's the other thing. It's always a double, double standard with narcissists, histrionics, you know, borderlines, all of them, where they think it's okay for them to be at their worst, but it's not okay for you to be at your worst. <laughs> so when you're at their, your worst with them, oh, no, 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 you need to change. They're not going to accept that. But when they're at their worst, you're not a very loving person if you don't accept them like this and you don't understand them and you don't care about them or whatever it is. I don't know. They come up with all these crazy excuses and, and uh, tr guilt trips, right? Um, always a double standard with the narcissists and their hot mess people. So that was number three. The fourth thing, uh, really horrible advice, is to get physical right away. Now this is bad for men and for women. It's not good for either side. Although there are 
people out, you know, it used to be just men, right? Who they thought, oh, this is excellent advice for men. Um, and women knew it was terrible. It was terrible advice. And it really is true, the whole why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? You know, I hated that. But it is so true. There's, It's created, this culture has created this mentality of going out there, your body doesn't matter, just let other people use it because you get to enjoy too. And what I'm finding <laughs> on these videos, watching people coming out of these dates, come, you know, a couple of days later after the dates, you know, they're, they're feeling used. They're, they're, they may even be like, they may say that it was great, right? Their one nighter was great. But then they're like, but now I'm being ghosted. Yeah, because you gave it up for free. They had a sample. They don't care. They're moving on to the next. You were just their entertainment for the night. So even if it was good for them, it you know, the physical part, it is not good for them, the emotional part later on. And then what happens? A good person comes along, a good guy comes along, and he has to deal with that. He has to deal with the trauma that that being, you know, this person's been used, feels used, their ego is down, their self-esteem is down. Not only that, but now they have something to prove. Guess what? They take it out on the good person that just came along. So I think good people recognize this. They recognize the broken, crazy town out there. And they want to stay far, far away from that. So don't get physical right away. And the reason it's bad for guys too, by the way, is the same thing. They'll get physical with a woman and they're thinking, okay, I want to see her again. But then she ghosts them, right? Uh, she won't call him back. She, you know, um, even starts demeaning him or... <laughs> this is the worst. I think when the guy starts to see like she's making videos about him, you know, and talking about how bad he was in bed. And you're like, how is that good for the guy? Right? How, how is that going to help him? Then now he's traumatized. Now he's going to feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And what, what happened? And um, you guys, that is just the worst advice. Do not get physical right away. Get to know the other person. Be yourself. Uh, be honest. You know, wow, oh my gosh, such crazy advice, right? So pretty much the opposite of what you would get from narcissists. The last, <laughs> fifth piece of advice, and maybe we'll, we'll come up with others if you guys come up with some. Why be alpha when you can be sigma? <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Mario, that's cool. Are there really people outside another person's league? I don't think so. Well, I, I do. I, I do think that because I've seen, I mean, they talk about opposites attracting, right? There are some really good people <clears throat> and, well, I don't know what to tell you. I, I can kind of see where you're going with that, Mario. But I have seen people very badly mismatched, and um, they kind of take each other for granted, which is sad. Like, they don't know what a good person they have. And I would think the good person is far out of the league of the other person who's trying to, um, you know, I see narcissists who think that they're like the most ultra amazing, gorgeous, handsome, beautiful, whatever you want to say, uh, person. 
and then they think that they can attract a supermodel or a male runway model or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but actually, no, no, they can't. They just really think very highly of themselves. <laughs> so I would say that to the out of your league type of thing. Um, but yeah, usually narcissists look at each other like that. All right. So the fifth last advice, it's kind of mainly for women. And, I, and if you guys can help me out, what kind of advice is kind of equivalent to this for men? But the fifth advice was to wear lots of makeup and pretend you're something you're not. Well, I don't even understand that. I don't understand that. So women who, I understand like trying to look good and fit and um, get healthy. That's great. Hold on, you guys. There's an airplane going through. I'll get some water. But that's not really pretending you're something you're not. That's actually wanting to get healthy and better. But the problem with trying to make yourself look good just to catch somebody. I know a guy um, who lost, oh my gosh, I want to say he probably lost like 80 pounds. Like a lot. He lost a lot of weight. And at the point after he lost all the, that weight is when he met his future wife. So she marries him. He, you know, looks like they're this handsome couple. They match very well. She's always been fit her whole life. Now, suddenly, he's fit. And uh, she's very attracted to him. He's a really nice guy. But then, through the years, he has gained it all back. Meanwhile, she is still fit. Like, he, he went back. He reverted back to his bad habits. And now he's completely out of shape. And he's not looking healthy he actually looks just horrible not just because he's overweight but his eyes are sunken he's got you know dark circles he's got i mean he just does not look healthy he does not look like he's been taking care of himself at all um and and a lot of that has to do with his eating habits right and whether he's exercising or you know getting circulation in his body a lot of, there are a lot of things that we can can control ourselves but she caught him or she ran into him at the point where he had changed his appearance. And she thought this is his usual because she didn't know him when he was 80 pounds heavier. She thought this is his regular appearance. They're still married. She still loves him, of course. I'm not saying that, you know, you cannot be a good person and keep them. But I'm just saying that there are women then who wear tons of makeup. And then, I don't know if this is true, but there seems to be somebody in the Middle East. Or maybe it was from India. I can't remember, like Pakistan, that area maybe. but um, Or possibly the Middle East. And the guy, you know how they have arranged marriages or something where they don't get to uh, see, you know, live together or anything like that before before uh, getting married. So he'd never seen the girl, his wife, with no makeup until after their wedding night. And the next morning he sees her without the makeup and now he's suing her like $15,000 for lying to him because she looks horrible. Um, my question to the guy is, when she looks like a um, drag queen, 
how did you not know? <laughs> you know, people who put uh, that kind of makeup on are not going to be what you think under is, is underneath. So don't wear lots of makeup. Don't pretend you're something you're not. Don't put on a facade. facade. That's another thing. You know, people have, oh my gosh, I've seen dating coaches say this. You have to uh, mask the fact that you're a hot mess by pretending to be a carefree, happy, unburdened person. And of course, a lot of people fall for this, men and women, right? Both ways. I think men who are heavily burdened try to appear confident, but they're not, or they try to appear as if they've got their whole life all worked out. Um, the interesting thing to me, I don't know how men, I, I would assume men would be able to de detect the fakeness as well as women. Um, what I don't understand are people who don't detect the fakeness, the fake stories, the way narcissists build themselves up, right? They tell you of all their amazing accomplishments and how great they are, how amazing their accomplishments are, all the way down to when they were 10 years old. You know, you're like, okay, you have to reach all the way back then to tell me what a great person you are. Okay. Um, then I look at their life and, and I wonder, it's not quite matching up. You know, all your really amazing, fantastic, brilliant, wise decisions you made your entire life, how, how did you end up here, where you are, where you have no job, you're so far back in car payments, you're having your car possessed, you've been kicked out of your apartment. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at them and going, okay, all this stuff that you're telling me about you doesn't match up. But for some reason, people are fooled by the packaging. Right? If the guy looks good, or if the woman looks good, and they tell you all this great stuff about themselves, you just on, automatically believe it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why people just can't see the truth for what it is. Oh, hold on, you guys. I am missing something. Oh, yeah, I know where it is. I will be right back. missing my list of good advice to give you guys. I mean, I could remember, I can, I can remember ooh, um, what it is, but I just want to make sure I don't miss any. So <laughs> that's true, Obi. If you're not who you are um, and you dress like it's Halloween, you'll attract all the ghouls. Okay, let me see. I don't know if this is allowed or something. Why is this being held for review? Okay. Oh, you know what I need to do is select. Oh, I wonder how to do. Oh, here we go. I'll chat. I think. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes YouTube holds back uh, some of the comments. So... There you have the five, just the worst advice ever given. And a lot of it will attract a crazy narcissist into your life. So why would you do that, right? Just like Obi was saying, you know, you dress like a clown, you're going to attract the, the ghouls. Um, what I don't understand is women who don't get that. Men who are looking for 
Oh my gosh. So the new term out there is wife material, right? There's also husband material, I would say. So sadly, I think both men and women are getting some of this wrong. You know, women think they know what men want and men think they know what women want. When in reality, you just want somebody who's real, who's honest, who is stable, who's not emotionally a hurricane, right? You want you want somebody who has has shown consistency in their life, like good consistency, of good behavior. So for some reason, instead of looking for that, they're looking for the quick and easy instant what what does my um my attraction barometer tell me? You know, am I totally turned on by this guy? Am I totally turned on by this woman? And the dumb thing is, lust is not a good barometer <laughs> of, of character, you guys, all right? So better advice is, first of all, fix who you are. Um, don't just accept the low standards for yourself of the person you've become. And you know you don't like who you are. Why would you think it's okay then for your partner, your future partner, to have to deal with that really low standard of the person you are. And that, and that goes along with the, you know, being so proud of the hot mess that people are. I always thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> I guess people kept grab on, gravitate to certain sayings and then they think they're going to live their life by that. Where what I'm referring to is when women have said, and maybe men have said this too, I don't know, that if you don't accept me at my worst, you can't, you don't deserve me at my best. And I'm like, accept you. No, 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 no. Fix it. Fix yourself at your worst, right? Don't allow yourself to ever get back to that lowest moment in your life. Don't become that person. Don't stay that person. Your partner doesn't deserve that per person. If, if healthy-minded people stop and think about it, naturally healthy-minded people do, it's the unhealthy-minded people who don't stop and think about it, that, wait a minute, would I want this for, for myself? Would I want my partner to be proud of, of his or her hot mess, right, of the disaster they've created? What if they spend like crazy and they're tremendously in, doubt, in debt and they don't want to stop, right? They don't want to stop competing with the Joneses. They, they, want, they have to have the latest, greatest everything, whether or not they have money. And then they cause tremendous financial trauma to the relationship. A lot of hardship, by the way. Things get possessed. Uh, they get kicked out of their homes. And they think, well, you know, that's just who I am. And, and if I like to shop, I'm going to keep shopping. Um, and both men and women fall into this because the marketing in, in well, I was going to say just the U.S., but actually everywhere has been incredibly um, <clears throat> mind manipulative. And they're able to sell everything to anybody all the time now. And we get hooked and we, we buy, we buy things we don't need. Anyway, the point is, if you have this really bad habit, <laughs> of destroying your finances, and now your partner comes into your life, and you think, oh, they'll have to clean this mess up, and they should accept me the way I am. And if spending to destroy our finances together now makes me happy, they should accept that. 
that's absolutely crazy, right? That's absolutely nuts. So fix who you are. Don't just accept the low standards for yourself and then expect that of the good person that's coming into your life. They don't deserve this low standard. Second, get passionate about something because lackluster people are boring. You're not going to attract somebody who, well, you might, right? You might both be lackluster. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. But from what I can tell, most people are not looking for someone who's boring in their life, who's just going to sit there. Because a lot of the complaints I hear on uh, the internet is, you know, why are you giving me your minimal? Why are you just sitting there like a lump on a log? Why are you not exciting? And, um, well, look at yourself, right? Are, are you exciting? Other than being excited about your appearance, right? Being excited about your narcissistic characteristics. Um, I'm not talking to you, my audience. I'm talking to the narcissist where if, if you're only excited about how good you look and then you meet somebody who actually has depth and has meaning in their life and has a purpose in their life and has goals in their life, they're going to look at you and say, you are not my goal, right? Uh, worshiping you is not my goal. So get passionate about something not about you. And and not just anything. I would, I would say get passionate about uh, helping somebody or improving something in this world. It, it just attracts so much good stuff into your life. Uh, three, the third thing for good dating advice is become a good listener. Like actually listen to the other person. Don't go into it like an interview where you think that you have to present yourself as someone spectacular to, to catch this other person. Don't go into it like it's going to be a performance from you to fool the other person. Uh, that's not gonna, going to help you become a good listener, right? A good listener wants to learn about the other person, wants to know who this other person really is, and then also interact. The fourth thing is to be present. So actually interact with the person, not, not just listening to the point where you're just taking notes, obviously, right? And not going in there as if this is some kind of theatrics where you're going to put on a performance for the other person of something you're not but you're going to be present. You're going to actually interact with the other person. See if there is an emotional, intellectual um, connection between you two. Uh, see if there are things that inspire you both. You, you wanna have the deeper, more interesting conversations and not just the surfacey, <laughs> excuse me guys, the surfacey stuff. It is so dry, I am not kidding you. And with this wind, even more dry. Uh, okay, let me see. Hmm. Drink all my water. Now I'm on to my coffee. So we already covered uh, four of the things. Um, so being present will improve your ability also to see who the other person really is. You don't want to just. I've seen this on you know with people on dates too. They're not really present. They're imagining their partner, um, their backstory to be something it's not because they want so badly for this person to fit in their life or fit them. So they don't ask the hard questions. They don't get to know the other person. They're, they're just enjoying the, um, 
fantasy that's running in their head, imagining what the next morning is going to look like after their night together, what, uh, you know, because they're going to jump in bed right away, of course, uh, which is the bad advice. And they're, they're going to imagine that they're going to be cooking breakfast the next morning and dancing in the kitchen and, you know, get it, getting intimate again. They're, they're playing up this Romeo story in their head instead of actually being present to see that the guy is a mess or the girl is a mess and, and catching the red flags. If they're not present, they're not going to catch the red flags. So you have to be present if you want to see the red flags um, and not fall into their traps. The last advice I would give to you is um, see the best in people. Yeah, just, just see the best in people. If you go in, and part of that is don't be, be a gossip. Don't be a critical, mean-hearted person. If you've gotten injured to the part, to the point where you're just critical of entire groups of people, right? All men or all women are this way. Um, that's toxic, all right? And when a good woman comes into your life, you're not gonna see it because you're, you're imagining the worst with this person already, right? You're, you're, you're already picturing scenarios in your mind how this person's going to hurt you, what this, you know, um, even little things that she says and you remember what your exes have said and how it's similar, so she must be exactly like your ex. Uh, you start imagining the worst. Uh, injured people do become more critical and that's why it's really important to work on yourself first so you don't bring that trauma into your next relationship. So you don't already sabotage yourself and the relationship. You don't make the new person pay for, for the problems that your ex caused in your life. You, you don't want to do that. So see the best in people. And if you're noticing that you're, you're becoming very, very critical, like I think that injured people, if they stay injured, um, will tend to become more and more bitter, all right? And that bitterness turns into criticalness. And that criticalness just turns into this miserly, mean-spirited, dark cloud that, that hovers over you. And it's going to be really hard to, to attract a good, loving person. You may attract a messed up, hot mess, who is somewhat empathetic, right? Because they love to think that they're very sympathetic people and therefore they're a good person uh, when really they're sympathetic to a certain degree and then they're a hot mess the rest of the time. And they may pick you up because you're a project to them. They, they think that they can fix you and when you, it turns out they can't fix you, then they lose their mind, right? And then you lose your mind <laughs> and you both create another disaster. That's just the worst thing to happen. So a good indicator for you that something is broken inside of you is if you seem or feel like you're jaded a lot of the times, right? More times maybe than you're not throughout the day or throughout the week. You feel like you're more critical of people. Um, you're more angry about things. You're more... Um, you're less likely to see the good in people 
and you don't give people the benefit of the doubt. And I know I've said in, in the past that don't just give people the benefit of the doubt automatically. I mean, to a certain degree. You don't let them in super close because you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. You can give people the benefit of the doubt as you're getting to know them, as you're learning about them. Don't already uh, stereotype them. Don't already pigeonhole them um, because you've been jaded or hurt in the past. Uh, you you want to start a new slate with them. But it's, it's interesting how people will right away show you who they are. Right away, they will behave in ways or say things you know, for instance, I'm not a big fan of cursing, right? I do sometimes curse. Uh, I try not to because I, I don't think it's it's attractive. I, I think it's vulgar and that's it, you know. And But we're passionate people, right? I think most people who are here are going to be passionate people. Um, and sometimes it slips out. But there are vulgar people who, that's their language. Like, that's all they can say. And I just feel like, you know, some people are entertained and maybe even uh, drawn in by that because they think it's raw and they think it's refreshing because you're being real. Well, that rawness and that realness starts to wear thin when it's all the time, when this is their character. This is not husband material. This is not wife material. So I think most people have recognized that. So when you walk in and it's your first date and all you're doing is cursing this and cursing this and this, and you think that like it's somehow colorful, adds color to your conversation. It doesn't add color. It just adds vulgarity. So, and it's not very creative. Yeah, let's just say that. So this is my advice to you. See the best in people. Fix who you are. If you have a, a vulgar speech pattern, work on that. Like, really work on that. Because your partner doesn't deserve that. It doesn't deserve to be spoken to in that way all the time. Um, and you don't want to do that to your partner either. You don't want your partner doing that to you. And even if you think, well, you don't mind if your partner does that to you, here's the deal. Um, have you ever had a partner do that to you all the time and you enjoyed it? I, I don't know. I would think not, unless you're a masochist. Um, so I think that is our talk for today, you guys. We ended a little bit early. Let me see. Oh. Oh, interesting, Mario. Says uh, body dimorphia. Dimorphia? I don't understand that. <laughs> that was terrible, Mario. Uh My screen brighter. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you guys, what do you think of the advice, the bad advice that we get? And what do you think about the good advice? Um, I'm hoping that the good advice sounded good to you. I'm hoping that it's going to help you think about the things you want to do in your life, things that you might want to change. I know there are people out there who, who love being a hot mess, right? And they get mad if they think somebody is trying to change them. How dare you change me? I don't need to change. I'm happy with who I am. You know, no, you're not. You're not happy with who you are if you have to declare that you're happy with who you are. <laughs> I'm like, if you're happy with who you are, just move on. Keep being you. 
don't be bothered by what other people are saying. Um, oh, which brings me to a really interesting thing in town right now. So I'm dealing with some politicians who are like as corrupt as they get. So we have pet names for them and they're very mild pet names like establishment. Come on, you guys, like how mild, more mild can you get than that, right? It freaks them out. I'm like, why is this freaking you out if I call you establishment? You've been around for like two decades. Um, the stuff you've done over these two decades have not helped to improve our town. <laughs> and they think, well, no, we've been blocking all the bad stuff. I'm like, no, you've been allowing the bad stuff to come in um, and it's still coming in. And they're like, well, we, we slowed it down. I'm like, how about you stop it? How about we find candidates that stop all the bad stuff? <laughs> how about that? How about we find candidates that are fiscally responsible, that are transparent when it comes to our elections, that are wanting to fix the problems in our town and the corruption in our town and expose the people who have all kinds of um, business deals with corporations <laughs> and really rich people in our town. Why, why don't we expose the uh, double standards and the conflicts of interest that exist between these horrible candidates, your fellow f candidates, your fellow friends who are the establishment, and, um, whoa, uh-oh, I may have to go in because this wind is kicking up. But the point is, they... So I could call them scoundrels, I can call them liars, I can call them corrupt politicians, but instead I'm calling them establishment, just to kind of, you know, be kind about that, because they've just been around for a long time. This is not a good thing. We don't want to career politicians. They don't really, very few of them are good people. So they're, they're crying about a label or a name. But the funny thing is, when they turn around and call my candidates, my friends, my, not friends, and I'm getting to know these candidates, haven't really known them, but um, when they turn around and try to call our side, all kinds of horrible names, by the way, they call us toxic, they call us um, rebels, radical, let me think, what else, um, Judas, yeah, been called that recently, um, but they clutch their pearls over establishment. <laughs> I'm just like, really? That's what you're clutching your pearls over? Okay. Um, and then they're acting as if they are holier than thou. You know, they're such much far better people than those who are calling them establishment. I'm like, you're so much better, but you, you call us far worse names. And you say the name calling is what makes us so bad. Oh yeah, they also call us curse names and I'm not gonna say those here. <laughs> so, I, and they're pr proud of it. Um, and they don't realize that we know they're calling us these names. So again, you know, when you deal with people who are use this double standard and they clutch their pearls as if, you know, um, I can be a horrible person to you, but how dare you be a horrible person to me? I just laugh. And the thing is, if you, someone calls me a name that I know that I'm not, like I know I'm not toxic, I know that I'm not a Judas, I know that I'm not, well, I can't remember. I actually am radical because truth is radical in a world of deceit. It just is.
and truth is treason in a government of tyranny. So, or freedom, you know, I just feel like, or, or what do they call it, world of lies, government of lies, truth is tyranny. Yeah, so we're getting censored. <laughs> That's another thing to, to think about as well. Like, why is information being censored, but really horrible, ugly stuff is allowed? That's the double standard world we're living in right now, where the narcissists are trying to take over. And they may have taken over, honestly, but we're trying to take it back. <laughs> so, you guys, become better people. Work on yourself. Don't live by double standards the way they do. Um, when they call you names, it really doesn't affect you know, because it doesn't stick. When they call you something that you're not, it, it just doesn't bother you. So don't be bothered if someone's calling you something that you're not, right? Just, oh, okay, that doesn't make, you know, someone calls you a liar, but you know you're not. Someone calls you a cheater, but you know you're not. So why would it bother you? Those names only affect and hurt or offend the people who are those things. That's what it seems to me. I may be wrong. It's not in every case, of course. But I'm kind of noticing this with the politicians. The other politicians who are being called all these horrible names, it doesn't seem to bother them because they're like, well, we know we're honest. We know we're exposing the corruption. We know that we're um, not being mean. We're actually just being playful and honest and open. And we're using very mild words because what else are we supposed to call you guys? Uh-oh, I really have to stop because this wind is kicking over my umbrella. All right, you guys. That is the show for today. Sorry to cut it short because I am going to have to remove this umbrella like right now before it blows off and into my yard and takes the table with it. Oh, maybe that'll do. So I just removed the umbrella. Ugh. Well, let me clean this up too. I just made a huge mess. Yeah, that last time when the umbrella nearly took the table with it, blew my coffee over a bit. Okay. So, what I'm trying to tell you guys is to make this world a better place, stop listening to bad advice. Don't be proud of the hot mess if you are a hot mess. <laughs> just work on it, right? There's no condemnation. There's just, hey, we're all messes at some point in our life. Even the best of us, right, make mistakes. And um, we learn from it. And that is the whole point of Happy Crappy Hour, you guys. The whole point is to become better. Learn from our mistakes, share our mistakes with each other, but also share our successes. Oh, BB Scott, good to see you. It's super windy in Texas too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is up with this wind? The winds of change, hopefully, right? Coming our way. But be safe, be careful out there. There's some really bad people trying to destroy a lot of good things out here in the world right now and I think you're kind of aware if you guys want to check it out you know <laughs> one guy I love to listen to and he does curse a lot so there's vulgarity where there are times and places for it okay um, his channel is Salty Cracker I would highly recommend watching him if you want to 
see the absurdity that is out there for what it is, and be able to laugh. Because sometimes the absurdity is so horrible, um, and the corruption is so horrible, you just want to cry and and go, I don't know, go hide. But he he really, anyway, it's a good channel. Go, go there. I think you'll enjoy it. It's hilarious the way he takes things and uh, frames what the heck's going on and exposes the ludicrousness. How do you say that? Lud no, anyway, <laughs> how ludicrous it is. The, the corrupt and the insane. So I think he's in California, actually. He still lives near L.A. Um, although he may be trying to escape. I don't know. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a blessed day. Have a great week. I hope you will make comments, give me th a thumbs up, uh, share the video, share what you're learning here, uh, improve yourself, improve your life, and I look forward to hearing how well things are going in your life as you implement the good things, the good advice, um, the empowering things that will change you for the better so that we can all change this world for the better, right? We need to hold people accountable who are bad and not just say, oh, it's great because you're being who you are. No, 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 no. <laughs> we need to start holding each other accountable to be better people. So um, do that and watch a commercial once in a while. That really helps, I think. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys, those who are doing that. And if you want to buy me a cup of coffee, I do have a link on somewhere. I don't know where. I think it's on my webpage, escapefromcrazytown.com. And I will see you next week.